<clears throat> people deluded i'm back again thank you very much for tuning back in each and every time and as usual welcome back to another edition of the deluded podcast i hope you're all doing well and safe on this friday morning yes arsenal fans i know we didn't have a good a good result yesterday but you know we're still breathing you know you've always got an opportunity to do something positive as long as you've got life so yeah i hope everyone's doing well and safe i hope everybody's in good spirits i hope everybody's had a week to remember away from football and they move closer to whatever goals dreams and aspirations you guys have um whatever age or wherever you look at are in life um shameless but please make sure you're following and and all of those sort of things on the spotify's and all the all, all the other apps you know deluded guna zero um zero four on on twitter and everything else twitch deluded guna 187 Obviously, make sure, like I said, you're following on Spotify, Apple, all of those sort of things, people. Do what you can to boost the engagement. But let's crack on. Let's get straight into business, people. We've got we've got the Premier League to come on the weekend and things like that. Arsenal got Sheffield United. Whatever team you guys support, you know who you've got in it. But let's go through the football we've seen this week. Now, let's jump into the Champions League straight, people. Let's go into Real Madrid versus Liverpool. Um, I actually have to scroll down on, on my notes because I've actually gone ahead. But as you lot know, people... Liverpool 1, Real Madrid 3, Real Madrid 3, Liverpool 1. And first things first, I think the gamble that Jurgen Klopp played didn't pay off. You know, he did look like he changed his formation. It did look like it was Mane in that 10. Keita came in. And, you know, if it worked, it would have been brave. That's the gamble you always take. The form Liverpool are in, to be fair, is the time to change things. But I just think someone that's won the Premier League, someone that's been to a Champions League final with Dortmund and actually been to three Champions League finals um, in his career, forgive me if I'm wrong, twice with Liverpool, once with Dortmund. Obviously, he's worth his weight in gold. Jurgen Klopp is a master tactician. Um, and, you know, it's a bit sad because people only know him as playing one way and heavy metal is all or nothing. And I agree with that, but he did try to change it. I did think he was a bit naive, you know. I don't understand why he threw Cater in. And on one hand, I think he's thrown Cater to the wolves because, again, there's not been too much fitness in Cater's legs. He is, isn't excelling. You've thrown him into a big game in what appeared to be an unnatural role. It's not going to bang. Um, but on the same time, you know, I understand it. It didn't bang, you know. I think Klopp lost the midfield battle rather naively. You know, if anything, the way he played in the Real Madrid game, he should have went against Arsenal like this, you know. And the way he played against Arsenal away from Arsenal stuff, he should have went with to Real Madrid because when he played Real Arsenal, you know, obviously Trent Alexander-Arnold and Robertson, to put it nicely, were terrible, you know. You're seeing that poor header from Trent. Robertson ran rings around. Tony Kroos just clipping it over their heads, especially Trent um, and things like that. But I just, I just, I just feel it was na it was naive from 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 Liverpool. Really, it was naive in all aspects. They should have done what they did against us in that Robertson was getting further forward against us, and they had Milner pulling in. I think he should have went with the midfield he did against us. I think they needed Milner. That game came for street smartness. I think they missed Henderson, but we all know he's not fit. I think they should have went Henderson for man said Henderson. I think they should have went Fabinho, Thiago, um, and and. Fabinho, Thiago and Milner because I think Fabinho will give you that luxury Milner street smart Thiago would have you know it's a game for the ballers I always say it, like you saw Modric and Tony Kroos it's a game for the ballers Thiago's what they've got you played Keita further forward and he didn't look comfortable in that role and there, it was dis it was a disjointed midfield I'm not going to lie you know you saw it Liverpool are struggling to play five yard passes I love Gigi Ronaldo but he was on some next thing and not just him every player was poor you know you Phillips and Kabach they're out of their depth they should never be starting in the Champions League, um, you know, quarterfinal or whatever against um 
against Fingy, against Real Madrid. They they shouldn't, you know. They shouldn't. They're not good enough for that yet. Um, and they got pulled apart. I did think it was a valiant effort from Phillips in particular, but, you, you know, you could see it, you know. They, they, it's like a deer in the headlights. They're getting nervous. When your fullbacks are not in it, your midfield is nowhere. Them experienced men are going to get stretched, people, really and truly. It was just a poor thing. It was just poor. I don't think the gamble paid off. Mane had little dribs and drabs, but he weren't there. You know, Salah keeps scoring. Other than that, you know, obviously they've got an away goal technically and, you know, Liverpool, the Anfield spirit and things like that. They might call upon that and do a madness. You know, there's no fans there, so it's irrelevant how much Anfield is. Anfield's just another stadium now. And they, they exploited themselves. And I think Klopp, this is what we've known for years is that there's going to be a time where Klopp is going to have to change things. And I think they do. I do think on one hand, the modern day requires fullbacks. But I do think any time you're a Premier League champion... And you're relying on your your system is so heavily reliant on your fullbacks. You're in trouble, really and truly. You're always in trouble. Um, I actually think they could have done with Firmino as well through the middle because he would have dropped. You could have had Thiago. These lot will relieve the pressure. It looked like it just looked like Liverpool had no. They looked disjointed. They were lacking belief. They're lacking desire. For me, professional footballers are struggling to play five yard passes, and that's putting pressure on you. So mentally, I don't know if the players were there. You could potentially say Jurgen Klopp overcomplicated things. Whatever you say about Real Madrid and they're not the Real Madrid of the, of the past, I think it showed experience because you saw it with Tony Kroos and Modric. Benzema, you know, immediately Benzema knew Trent Alexander-Arnold, he's having a tough day. Him, Vecinius and Mendy behind them, they pulled out to that left-hand side and gave Trent some stress. And, you know, Trent was a hero against Liverpool and probably stuck two middle fingers up at Southgate. Again, you know, not that I feel Southgate has any right to criticise Trent personally, but... Um, when you play like that, you kind of justify you being dropped, and it was a terrible game defensively. And that's what you see. The, you see where he headed it, and it's gone on. They've gone on to score. That's what you call reactive defending. He's out of position, so he's not aware of his surroundings. If he drops in ten yards earlier, he might not head it there. If some butts and uh, we can't speak about them, but they're the fine margins. You're not going to get away with in the Champions League, especially against a team on Real Madrid's level. And, Again, you know, Lucas Vasquez, good game. Credit to Real Madrid as well. You know, we can't just focus on Liverpool. They're without um, Ramos and Varane, you know, first choice defence. Maybe that's why he could have doubled down. But I just feel they lost it in the game, in the midfield. I just don't think they played with the personnel. You know, I do think they need another number nine. And I do think there's been a lot of luxuries afforded to Firmino that people are finally starting to to, to not condone. But I think for, they, they needed the two Brazilians. I know Thiago is Spanish, but they needed the two Brazilians, in my humble opinion, people. They needed them because, again, how you hold on to the ball is a form of, is a form of defending as well. If you're not giving the ball away consistently, you're holding on to it. And it was poor. There was obviously elements of Liverpool going forward and stuff. But generally, I think they overcomplicated things. I think they missed the builder sort of midfielder in 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 the midfield because Thiago would have received it off the other midfielders and the defenders that might have allowed Cater to stay further forward and excel more. Pretty damning that Cater got clipped to that four minutes before half time. That that tells me Jurgen Klopp, alright, cool. I'm kind of done with you. You're you're gonna have to really face the music. They had no shots in 46 minutes. There was a better second half, but again, it was a bit clueless. You know, no shots in 46 minutes. They were toothless. They were lacking leaders. It's, you wouldn't think they're Premier League champions. You know. You wouldn't. And based on the fact that they're holding the Premier League title, until Man City claim it in themselves, we know they've got it, people. Um we we, we, we know we've we know they've we know they've got it. 
it, it says everything about the, the standard of the league, really. You know, it is what it is in that in that regards. People, they got ripped with that. You know, Liverpool actually failed to failed. Liverpool failed to attempt a shot in the first half of a Champions League game for the first time since November 2014. That was also against Real Madrid people. Um, Liverpool conceded twice in the first half of a Champions League knockout game for the first time since actually the final in 2005 against AC Milan. Um, it is what it is. You know, a bit of history. Luka Modric is the oldest player at 35 years of age. And 209 days old to assist in three consecutive Champions League games since Ryan Giggs did it in 2011, who was also 37. And I think the Atlanta game was more the vintage Crow show. And I think this was, I mean, Modric show. And this was more the Tony Crow show. But again, you just, you see what a mid, real midfield masterclass does for you. You see it, people. It was, it was, it really was a good game to watch for the neutrals. I'm not going to lie. <clears throat> now, away from that, though, people, away from Liverpool... Oh, we got to speak about PSG versus Bayern Munich. You know, Bayern Munich played that high line. It was exposed. Liverpool, um, PSG remained pending and hit them on the counter. Neymar, two assists. You know, Neymar. Just, you see why I love Neymar, yeah? It's because if you say he's overrated, if you say he's a YouTube baller, if you say he's not world-class, if you say he's not a legend of the game, you know deep down you're lying. You're just saying it because you don't like him because he's, this man's a brilliant guy. And You know, Neymar could wake up one day and exclude Messi. If this guy just said, you know what, I'm on this Mesut Ozil just assisting, I never want to score, he'd be the best creative creative player in the world and he'd probably be of all time excluding Lionel Messi. Neymar, absolute ridiculous, you know, ridiculous. And Mbappe confuses me in the sense of before he scored his second, my man missed a simple chance. And then obviously it was looking a bit peak because you never took your chance. Bayern Munich did, didn't it? I think PSG were onto them still. I think they were onto them really and truly. I think Bayern Munich didn't wake up. You know, they PSG exploited that high line. Um, you know, players, you know, a couple of injuries there for Bayern Munich. I only think consistently from minute one, only Muller, Chuba Moting and to a degree Kimmich looked up for it. Um, you know, a couple players here and there, but unusually, Bayern Munich were caught cold and were caught lacking, to be fair with you. You know, obviously, when Mbappe is going to score in the third minute, that's always going to flip the game or any game plan on its head. You know, it is what it is. I did fear for PSG because, you know, hey, great pass from Neymar, fantastic finish by Marquinhos. Some strikers can't even do that, but I did feel for PSG because away from Marquinhos being a good player, and I said it before the game, I think he's very underrated in football um, for what he gives because he's at PSG. If he was in the, in other spots, they'd rate him. I did feel for PSG because away from everything, Marquinhos is a character. He's the captain. And I think for losing him against Bayern Munich is kind of peak. You know, it was a crazy game, but I'm seeing hella second at first half subs. You know, Goretzka's getting hauled off. Solo had a poor game, really. Um, and things like that. I think Chupa Moting was one of Bayern Munich's best players. And that tells you everything. I think Sane played better than Kingsley Coleman, but I don't think Sane had the best of games, neither Kingsley Coleman. You didn't really test your fullbacks and stress them out. Kimmich was taking all the set pieces and sometimes there were some were better, more, more better than others. Again, you know, it was a good, fantastic display. And what I liked by both managers, they changed things very quickly, but it was a good game. I'm not gonna lie. You know, I, I think but I think PSG can come out with pride because I don't think considering if you had Sane and Kuman going against someone like Diallo at left back where he can fill in at left back, he's probably more comfortable as a central central defender. You didn't really ask questions of Diallo or Dagba and they came out with credibility. I did think Kimbembe, Marquinhos, you know, there was elements where PSG had to remain pending, you know, all man's to the pump, bit of heart in mouth defending. I think they did well. I think Danilo played very well. I think Gay was a bit slow in the game. 
Um, obviously, I think Draxler had a decent game, relieving the pressure for PSG. Obviously, Mbappe and Neymar stood up to be counted. You want them to stand up to be counted, and they did it. And you know how Jamie Carragher can 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 fix up his two lips them on national TV and say Kylian Mbappe has never done it on the biggest stage. This tells you everything. This is why continental and international they don't rate England like that when it comes to football they might rate one two players but they don't rate us because we come out here we've got people like that chatting nonsense and being the the sort of what's the word the spokesman for the country whether we we've elected him or not how can you say Killian ain't done it man's won the world cup man's been doing it in Champions League since Monaco man did it bro against Messi's Barcelona what do you mean big stage what bigger stage is there he's talking nonsense you know Killian. Bro, Killian's insane, man. Killian's insane. The man's a joke of a footballer, you know. To watch him, Jude Bellingham, and all these guys, it's a joke. Like, there's no, there's no words to describe Killian Mbappe or Neymar. Killian, you know, I, I don't know why specifically I like him. I like him because he's a good footballer. I like him because he's got personality. I don't like to say he's the next this and that because I think men are different in their own ways. But, you know, he's the closest thing I got to Thierry Henry. And part of me thinks, you know what? You're going to do it in reverse, like Henri. You know what? You're going to do the Monaco, then the PSG. You know, go to Real Madrid, my bro. When you get to 27, 28, and you've won the next champs and La Liga and them thing there, North London's waiting for you, my guy. When you, you know, do what you need to do in football, come and join us. You might be part of some F3. You might be part of teams that, you know, can't can't beat Slavia Prague, can't defeat racism, but, you know, source is forever. And Mbappe, pause, will look good in the kit still, so... It was a good game still, man. You know, I really was impressed by PSG. They, you know, a couple heart and mouth moments, but generally the game plan worked, you know. They haven't got a better 11 consistently over Bayern Munich, so they maximised what they could. They hit Bayern Munich on the break. They exploited that high line, and it is what it is. You know, Bayern Munich unusually were caught cold in many aspects, unusually looked a bit disjointed, in my opinion. I think they, you know, Pavard offered a bit more than Lucas Hernandez going forward, and that tells you everything. I think the midfield experiment didn't work. I think only Muller and Chuba Moting looked on it from the, from the jump, if I'm completely honest with you. They looked on it from the jump. I think Chuba Moting deserved the goal against his former club. Muller, obviously, as well, like I said. Um, but yeah, man, saw the PSG show. It was a good game, really, and truly. You know, I, I was surprised. Bayern Munich are struggling to track runners, man. Um, like I said, man, Mbappe, it could have been peak. He could have missed that chance. And when Munich scored and made it 2-2, it's different. But... It is what it is. And what, what you got to look at it, that's basically six goals for PSG. I know it's 3-2, but you got to look at that as 6-2, people, because obviously, rightly or wrongly, there's them away goals. Now, Bayern Munich, I backed them to score. Like we all knew, and I said in, in the watch-along I did, I'm not going to be watching this game, people, because my birthday's on, 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 on Tuesday, and I'm going to take it off. But um, you backed Bayern Munich to score. Like I was saying, you probably backed Bayern Munich to score today. Let's be real, PSG, neither, I don't think PSG or Bayern Munich I think going into this game, I'd bet more on a Bayern Munich clean sheet, but I'm pretty sure both teams conceded that the other team was going to score. Um, so, yeah, there was calamitous defending at times. There was heroic defending generally at, at times in the game. Um, I did think Bayern Munich came a bit predictable with T Kimmich taking every set piece possible, but fair play. It is what it is in that regards, though, people. With that, Keenan Mbappe has scored eight goals in this season's UEFA Champions League. That's the joint most by a French player in a single campaign in the competition. And considering he's got a couple games left, he could set a new record. He's drawn level with Ben Yedder, who did it in 2017-18. And I'll give you a clue. Someone else did it in 2001-2002. A French teammate of Thierry Henry. Thierry Henry described him as the best finisher. He's, he knows. 
David Trezeguet, people. Um, since the first season together, their first season together, Neymar and Mbappe have assisted one another for 10 UEFA Champions League goals. This is at least three times more than any other player, any other pair in the in the competition, people, within the same period. Um, Mbappe's opener after 149 seconds is the earliest that Bayern Munich have conceded a goal from from the start of the UEFA Champions League knockout match since uh, March 2010 when Ray Rooney scored against them in 63 seconds. Neymar has assisted 25 goals in the UEFA Champions League since making his debut in 2013-14. Um, Bayern Munich have lost a, prem- a Champions League game for the first time since March 2019. Um, which happened against Liverpool. Their last four defeats in the competition have come, have actually come under four different gaffers. Carlo, Henkes, Kavac, um, Kovac, sorry, and Hansi Flick. Kimmich, again, created 10 chances against PSG. That's the most by a player in a single UEFA Champions League game at the quarterfinal stage or later since Meza Ozil for Real Madrid against Spurs in 2011. Make of that what you will. So yeah, man, then man there live to fight another day, people. Moving away from that, if we look at Porto, Again, Chelsea versus Porto. You know, certain English teams did their jobs in the in 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 the European in the European week week fixtures. Certain man didn't. You know, courtesy of Mason Mount and Ben Chilwell. Ben Chilwell scoring in the 85th minute. Mason Mount in the 32nd. Chelsea do what they need to do. There were stages, but Porto didn't play bad. There were you know there was some poor defending from them, and there was some better moments. Um, Chelsea, I'm sure they they would want to do a little bit more. They had let they had half the shots. Um, they had half the shots Porto had. Like I said, Porto weren't really clinical and they did lack quality, but they gave a good account of themselves. And, you know, 2 nil is probably a bit too much of a hurdle to climb, but hopefully they can do something at Stamford Bridge. Chelsea, they've reacted well from their defeat against West Brom. They had six shots, three were on target, and they've scored two goals. Um, pardon me, they did what they needed to do. I think Reese James had a good game. You know, I really think they did what they needed to do. Werner just ain't going to grab a goal ever. But they did their thing, people. They really did their thing. You know, good moment for Mason Mount. He scored, it might be the first goal for Chelsea in this game, but he's it's his first goal in the Champions League. And he's been there since six years of age. That's a good moment for him and the coaching staff and his family and all these things. These are the moments you live at, you, you want to do as a footballer sort of thing. Um, that So, yeah, man, it's a good moment for him. Ben Chilwell, again, I don't know if to, you, um, Thomas Tuchel necessarily rates you. So you've got to take the small chances you have available to yourself. Um since Thomas Tuchel's first game in charge of Chelsea in January, people, no goalkeeper playing for a top five European league side has kept more clean sheets in all comps than Mendy with 10. For the first time since March 2012 against Napoli, Chelsea have had two different English scorers for them in the same game, people. Mason Mount has become Chelsea's youngest ever goal scorer in UEFA Champions League knockout competition. Well, the knockout matches, people, at 22 years of age and 87 days. He's got, um, you know... You know, his goal puts him in a bit of history and it's nice for him to have that. So, yeah, Chelsea did their job. Again, I'm sure they're cool. That's basically a 4-0 win right now. You know, two away goals. I do think... Pardon me. I do think I do think Porto will score, but it is what it is in that regards, people. <clears throat> and I'm sure you all saw Manchester City defeated Dortmund 2-1. You know, Jude Bellingham, how he's been denied a goal, I don't know. Good bit of play acting from Edison and, you know, keepers are protected. There's nothing in that. It should be 2-2. I think Emre Jan was terrible and he's, you know, he, he spare his blushes. VAR saved him for a penalty shout. Um, good goal from Foden. Good goal from Rose. From Rose. Good good move for um, Kevin De Bruyne's um, goal, as you would expect with these teams, you know, for Dortmund, Bellingham, Haaland and then crucially Royce. You know, it was a good move. Fantastic play from Mahrez to set it back for Kevin, who's been given a new deal until 2025 now um 
You know, Dortmund Dortmund did what they needed to... Well, sorry, City did what they needed to do. If I'm Dortmund, I'm believing I can get something from this game because, again, you've got an away goal. You score against... You score at your place, you know. You're going through 2-2. The problem is, I'm sure Dortmund... Dortmund are not having the best of seasons domestically. Dortmund are not the greatest defensive side. And, you know, City might buckle under the pressure. Shout out Foden for bagging the winner. But, you know, you probably expect um, City to score in Germany. So, probably screwed out. In my opinion. But it is what it is. And like I said, it should be 2-2, provided the penalty went in. Um, at 20 years of age and 313 days, Phil Foden is the youngest Englishman to score a 90-minute winner in a Champions League game. He's overtaking Rooney. You know, he was 21 years of age and 182 days when he scored the winner for Manchester United in 2007 in a 3-2 victory over AC Milan. Royce is the first player to score a Champions League goal against Manchester City since Lucas Diaz for Porto in October. That ends Manchester City's run of 788 minutes without conceding in the comps. Before they obviously played Dortmund, they had seven consecutive clean sheets. And you can see in the league domestically and in the champs prior to then, they have a very good record in such. So to recap the Champions League, you know, shout out to Vecinius Jr. if I didn't plug him as well terrorised Liverpool really and you know t there's a lot of question marks over him so if he terrorises you there's problems um, PSG done a complete job they had six shots five on target three goals you look at Bayern Munich again not all the shots were quality but they had 31 shots 12 on target you know 15 corners to one from PSG 64% of possession 523 passes to but PSG is 316. But who's got the most valuable thing? And this is what they needed, really. This is one thing. Again, we don't know what Thomas Tuchel, um, I mean, sorry, Poch is going to do and if he can go one better than Thomas Tuchel. But they've got a bunch of individuals at PSG. It's now about taking it to the next level, having a game plan. And it worked. Of course, there was a bit of wobbles and whatnot, but they did the job. So to recap the Champions League score fixtures, in case you're missing out, people, as stated, Real Madrid 3, Liverpool 1 in the first leg of these quarterfinal games. Manchester City 2, Borussia Dortmund 1, Bayern Munich 2, PSG 3, PSG 3, Bayern Munich 2, Porto 0, Chelsea 2. So if you're an English club apart from Arsenal, you know, if you're City, Man United, Chelsea, you all did your job. Well, if you're Liverpool and Arsenal, you're stressed out. Um, so it's a poor one. So we'll have to see we'll have to see what happens in the return fixtures, people. As you lot know, that day will be next week, you know, on the thirteenth and fourteenth respectively of um in the second leg in April. So it, it is what it is in that regards, folks, people. You know, the Champions League is the creme de la creme. But let's be real, the Europa League is where it's all at, people, and I don't really like to speak about Europa League or anything to do with Arsenal because as you lot know, it feels like a defeat. Arsenal won, Slavia Prague won. And for me, it's 2-1 Slavia Prague. I do think Arsenal will score. I do back Arsenal to score a couple in the Czech Republic. But at the end of the day, it is 1-1. They've got a vital away goal. They're probably looking at it as we... Arsenal took 85 minutes to score. And even then, they had to force things... Um, you know, it's the same old, same old with Arsenal. Not able to play well consistently for 90 minutes. If we start well, we don't finish well. If we finish well, we didn't start well. Managing games, you know, again, the players have to take a lot of responsibility. Missing several clear-cut chances. But at the same time, while I sit here and say Lacazette definitely should have scored, you know, he pressed well. He's racing clear. He's looking over his shoulder. Somehow he's hit the crossbar. Aubameyang done well off the bench. But if I'm scrutinising it, Lacazette, Aubameyang, Martinelli, Partey, definitely Bakayo Saka all had fantastic chances. I don't advocate blaming one player because for me, on one hand, I believe all of these men should have scored. But if I'm harping on about five chances in the game, 
I think that I, I would think as a manager, I'm not creating enough. I'm not doing enough. And it's the same old, same old, you know, cheap goals once again. Like Slavia Prague, it's no different from the last half an hour against Liverpool. No different from the 3-3 against West Ham. And just about every damn goal Arsenal's conceded, whether that's been both fixtures against against um, against Leicester, against Burnley, against Wolves, against Southampton, against Aston Villa. Arsenal love a cheap goal. And again, the manager has to take responsibility, but these players are taking the pee, people, because they're not turning up. The minimum is to turn up. Only a couple players, you know, again... Did we miss Tierney? Did we miss David Luiz? Probably. But there's no excuse for that performance. It's absolutely terrible. And we're at that stage now where personally, I like, I love to listen to the post-game comments. Didn't listen to it, people. Did not listen. Anytime you don't take your chances, you're in trouble. And for me, first and foremost, to hear it's do or die, this is the most important game of our careers right now and in this season. The way they've played, that tells you everything. If them context is there at play and you put in a performance like that, that tells me you either can't fight, you won't fight, or you don't know how to fight. Either way, none of you are fit enough to wear the shirt. Um, as much as I can, you know, I, one problem with Arteta, he's taking too long with the subs. You're taking too long. And for me, we saw it against Olympiacos. We saw it against Benfica. We've seen it against Brendan Rodgers, Dean Smith, Nuno. Brend, um, several times, Arteta can set up a game plan. But when it's clear certain has to change he doesn't change it up you look at Liverpool and you look at you look at Liverpool and you look at Real Madrid them and they're fair enough there's injuries man are getting subbed you know it's one of them games where you have you need to go into a European tie with a plan but you need to be able to change things up and that's why I don't have much confidence in the players and right now Arteta because again he's too slow to react that's the one thing I get at Arteta I think the subs you took too long because you could see players are getting tired you know, I wouldn't have started a Bamian, but immediately you could see in this game, this is a game for pace. So come the hour mark minimum, I would have expected to see a Bamian. It was disjointed. It was lackluster. It was wasteful. It was home. It was it was um, hopeless. Ultimately, it was sad. It was disjointed, you know, where press, one man is pressing and the other man are not pressing defensively. And again, to take the lead, you get players have to manage the game themselves. As a player, you know that you've not scored and you know in the 85th minute when Pepe's come off the bench, you've got away with it. So make sure you switched on. Gabriel and Cedric, more so Cedric for me. I don't know what they're doing. Pepe, of course, he's kind of lost his man at that set piece. But it's terrible, people. It's a terrible game. You know, I don't want to spend much time on Arsenal because it's, it's not worth it at this moment in time. You know, I don't want to hear a word from Arsenal Football Club. Again, you, bro, the man, they're racist, you know. They're not even taking the knee. They're not even kneeling. And you're getting... Oh, it feels like an L, people. It really does. Um, like I said, lackluster, disjointed, ultimately sad. Um, with that, you know, well, we don't score goals. We can't keep clean sheets, people. We've not kept a clean sheet since the nil-nil draw on the 30th of January. That's 14 games in all comps now. Shout out to Pepe. He scored four goals in the Europa League, which is more than any other player. I don't... And I think it's one of them games, yeah, where if I hear you talk about Xhaka, if I hear you talk about um, Xhaka... If I talk about William, then I'm thinking you don't watch the game because they weren't the worst player. Even Bellerin, I don't think they were the worst players on the pitch. You know, if 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 part if Xhaka played how Partey played yesterday, you can. It is what it is. You know, Partey he hasn't got a right partner for him. He has had injury issues. He is adapting. This team is a mess. None of that was excuses as to why he played poor yesterday. He played poor because he overcomplicating things, getting caught, just moving mad like several players. You know, it's 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 sad, and you can see Arteta agitated. But you know, this is your team. You know, this is terrible, people. Um, it is what it is, people, you know. having When having a score draw in the first leg at home in a European tie, people, Arsenal have actually been eliminated from four of four out of six um, 
um, ties under such. The exceptions were in you were against Juventus in 1980, people, where we ended up losing the final, and obviously against Oxe in 1995, where we ended up losing the final. Arsenal have never conceded a goal in a European match um, in Prague in four games. So depending on what you want to read, it that is what it is. Arsenal, you know, are still unbeaten in our last 11 Europa League away games from home. In our last eight Europa League matches at the Emirates, people, the only team we've kept a clean sheet against is Dundalk. And really and truly, when the pressure's been on in the latter stages, because let's be real, the group stage is not serious. You can play your seeds, maybe even D-list teams. You know, we haven't played well for 90 minutes. We haven't managed the game well. We've been relying on sort of comebacks and, and moments of brilliance against Olympiacos and against um, Benfica. And it's only going to get harder. If you can't do the job against them, man, how are you going to do it against Prague? You have locked, knocked out Leicester and Rangers. If you can't do it against Leicester, bro, the games are getting harder. Man United look to be going through, you know, between Dynamo, Zagreb and Villarreal, it's not over yet. It's only a slender 1-0 lead. But, you know, Villarreal winning 1-0 and you know Una Emre has spiritual bondage with this competition and I'm sure he would love to knock Arsenal out of it provided we get through. So these players need to fix up. It's, you know, the less said about Arsenal, the better, man. They're not worth it. You know, I, I was enjoying this podcast speaking about other things. They're not worth it, people. Why am I going to waste my time now? It's at this point, you know, I'd, when I used to coach under nines, they never used to play like that, you know. And with my under nines, I wouldn't get angry. Why? Because they're under nines. You expect them to make mistakes. You know, you expect them to, to feel sorry for themselves, to be scared at times and overruled and them things. I don't expect it from these players there. And it's shown you, you know, on one hand, it's a double whammy, you know, because if we're relying on David Luiz, Bellerin, Xhaka and these guys to be our leaders, we're in problems. But um, on the other hand, it shows what happens. We haven't got a good 11. We haven't got depth. We miss Tierney's mentality. We miss David Luiz's mentality. People are scared to play past. I think the defenders played better than the attackers, if I'm completely honest. Bar the end, people. I re, I re, I really do. Like it just weren't, it weren't, it weren't there. Like tactically as well, you know, Cedric for the best part of a month, the prospect of him playing left back scares me. He's disjointed. Like you could see, always checking back on his right foot. Like you saw, it came to play. Um, it ended up leading to a corner with him and Gabriel. I think you should have went with Saka there. Do a job for us. He gives us a bit of width. He's the closest we've got to Saka, um, to Tini there. Obviously, we're a very left-hand centric side. So really, Arteta, you know, Xhaka plays better when he's got that fullback always bombing on. So, um, and you didn't have that. Well, he did, but he's checking back. So after you have to start looking at Arteta's game IQ now, really and truly. Um, if I'm completely honest with you. Um, so we were terrible. Less said on Arsenal, the better. But if you're Man United, a 2-0 win against Granada. Again, from what I saw of the extended highlights, it weren't a perfect performance from United, but I'm sure you'll take it. End of the day, two goals. You know, weren't a perfect performance, but a 2-0 lead. And you, I know Old Trafford hasn't been the fortress it once has been this year over previous years, but I'm sure you would take that. Clean sheet, two goals, basically a 4-0 lead. Half the job is done, you know. Now they can focus on the Premier League. <laughs> You know, Bruno over Fernandes and penalties, you have to name a better duo. He has scored 19 of his penalties he's taken for United in all comps, people. Marcus Rashford is the first English player to score eight goals for Manchester United um, in European competition in a single season, excluding qualifiers, since Bobby Charlton did so in 1964-65. He's also the fourth player in the Premier League, people, to reach 20 league goals in all comps this season, after Bruno with 23, Mo Salah with 27, and Harry Kane with 29. And I think this is the second consecutive season I've seen 20 goals in all comps from Rashford yeah you can say a bunch of them are penalties and things like that but you've got to give credit to him I've got a lot of time for Rashford still 
Um, so it is what it is in that regards, folks, man. You know, I'm not going to bore you lot with the rest of the Europa League. But if you do care, you know, I didn't, I've only seen the highlights, people. Um, you know, I'm sure you all saw the ball boy shove it um, in, into the face of, of the Roma, Donny. Um, but Roma won 2-1 in the first leg of their quarterfinal. Um, Davy Klaassen gave Ajax the lead before a second half comeback via Pellegrini and Ibanez in the 57th and 80, 87th minute. So like Arsenal, very frustrating to throw it away late on and continue doing that sort of stuff, people. Um, so yeah, Arsenal 1, Slavia 1, Granada 0, Manchester United 2, Ajax 1, Aroma 2, Dynamo Zagreb 0, Villarreal 1, people. All to play for. And Thursday next week, we'll see what it what entails in that regards, people. Now, switching away from midweek, we've got the Premier League. The Premier League will be returning, folks, people. Once again, now, as an Arsenal fan, I'm sure you just don't want to see us play, period. Um, looking at the Premier League action to be played, people, it kicks off today, which is Friday. You've got Fulham against Wolves at 8pm. Fulham have turned their form around. You know, we've got Fulham to come. They're going to be a completely different Fulham side to the team on the first day of the season. Um, Wolves have been mixed this season, not really the, the flying high Wolves, so it's going to be a difficult game. For Fulham, even when they've lost, they've played well, in my opinion, of recent weeks. But at the same time, you know, losing doesn't get anything. You don't get plaudits for playing well. You need to pick up points. So that's going to be an interesting game. Bielsa against Pep Guardiola. You know, if we look at the game at Ellen Road, he had Pep Guardiola begging for a point. Will that be the same at the Etihad as Manchester City versus Leeds? I'm sure that's the game we're all looking at at the start, people. You've got Liverpool at home to Aston Villa. Again, you know, Liverpool have been a bit shaky at home. You know, Villa defeated them 7-2. Don't quite think it's going to be the same game. Even Aston Villa, despite the fact that they have a hand, couple games in hand, they've kind of not been the same they've been. But that's going to be an interesting one. 5.30 sees a London derby. You've got Crystal Palace welcoming, welcoming Chelsea to their ground. Now, I hope Crystal Palace can win. I can't look anything beyond the Chelsea game. It was cl very close in this fixture last year. Zuma had some heroic defending. Um, Chelsea got to react after losing to West Brom, people, really and truly. It's as simple as that. Um, on the 11th of April, um, you've got you've got some interesting football as well, people. You've got Burnley against Newcastle. You know I'm not watching that first time round. I'll watch the, uh, watch the highlights first time round. And then I guess midweek, I actually have to watch it because Joe Willock will probably be playing. Hopefully he starts having done his thing against Spurs. But you've got Burnley, you've got Burnley welcoming Newcastle. You've got West Ham United versus Leicester. That's a top four clash. You know, West Ham are doing their thing. If they beat Leicester, that gives fuel to the fire. You've got Spurs against Manchester United at 4.30, people. That's going to be an epic game, people. You know, I'm keen to see what happens in that game there, really. You know, Jose Mourinho derby. Jose Mourinho's been digging out his players. I'm sure Oli Golisolsho would want to win, especially because Leicester are playing as well. Hopefully West Ham do them a favour. Chelsea are probably looking at this. You know, Liverpool have said they want top four. If you want it, you've got to take advantage. Sadly, Arsenal have Sheffield United. We go to their place, people. If we look at the first leg, if we look at the if we if we look at the first leg, people, and and take that at face value, um, I say first leg, the first fixture. We needed the second leg to second half, sorry, to turn it around against them. And you know they're playing for credibility, and you've got to always be fearful of these teams. So it's going to be interesting. On Monday, you've got Brighton against Everton. You've got West Brom against Southampton. Also, folks, people. So, to recap the fixtures of this week, you've got Fulham um, against Wolves. You've got Manchester City versus Leeds. You've got Liverpool versus Aston Villa. You've got Crystal Palace versus Chelsea. Burnley, Newcastle. West Ham, West Ham, Leicester. 
Spurs at Manchester United, Sheffield United against Arsenal at 7pm on Sunday. Monday action sees West Bromwich Albion against Southampton and Brighton versus Everton people. So make of that what you will. In other news, in case you don't know, Kevin De Bruyne has signed a contract extension until 2025. Allegedly, he used no agent in that. Make of that what you will use data analytics. Let's be real. There probably was an agent he indirectly leaned upon and asked questions. But in terms of being in the negotiating room, they obviously weren't there. Sadly, La Liga's investigation into the incident between Giancarlo, the Cadiz player, and Valencia's Mukta Diakabi has found no evidence against the Cadiz player racially insulting Diakabi. I'm not going to read any more, but again, you know, he's alleged to have called him a black shit, a Negro, and the rest of it. We all know how the script goes, you know. There's no evidence, even though it's compelling. You can tell by the reactions, you can see by the footage. So the less said, the better. You know, La Liga doesn't give a crap about racism. Neither does the French League. Neither does very home FA. Neither, you know, it doesn't matter. I'm at the point now where I'm not even going to bore you lot now. Not that I'm always going to talk about these incidences, but we all know the, the dirtiness that is in play. So, yeah, man, it is what it is. In, and finally, folks, if, well, if if that is the final thing, as, as well, it's not even finally, people. Antoine Griezmann has, has, has become a father for the third time, people. That's a blessing. And... You know, imp impeccable planning. All three of his children are born on the same day. Now, when you're rich like him, you can afford that. But imagine if you was a normal nine to five or imagine, you know, kids' birthdays are, are pricey enough, let alone three on the same day. He had his first kid in, on the 8th of April, 2016. Three years later, the same day in 2019. Two years later, the same day in 2021. So, you know, they're all going to be of the same sort of age. It'll be quite cool for them kids there, really. And, you know, if I'm him, I'm getting them into Barcelona's academy sooner rather than later. Um, Newcastle supporters apparently have launched a bid to buy a stake in the Premier League club when it is sold by Mike Ashley. Apparently, it was meant to go to the Saudis. Apparently, the Newcastle United Supporters Trust, which has more than 14 members, has asked supporters to pledge small amounts of money for a fund to buy a stake in the club, people. Um, so let's see how that one works. Hopefully, it does, and it means that at least fans will have a seat in the table. Obviously, they're not going to be majority shareholders, so really the voice is quite small, but some voice is better than none. You know, allegedly Kylian Mbappe has told PSG that he will not renew his contract. He wants to play for Real Madrid. Personally, I think him and Neymar, I do think one will move. But if you're PSG, you're not going to let both move. And I do think, you know, both are waiting to see what happens in the Champions League. And I think Neymar is more likely to stay. Um, so make of that what you will. Apparently, FIFA could be ready to implement an automated system to judge offsides for the 2022 World Cup in Qatar, says former Arsenal manager Arsene Wenger. As you lot know, he's now our, um, FIFA's chief of global football development and he's pushing for the introduction of a fully automated system that will notify the assistant referee when a player is offside. Um, he went on to say, the, automa the automated offside, I think, will be ready for 2022. Automated means it goes directly from the signal to the linesman and the linesman has on his watch a red light that tells him if it's offside or not at the moment we have situations where the players are on lines to see if they're offside or not on average the time we have to wait is around 70 seconds sometimes one minute 20 seconds sometimes a little bit longer when the situation is very difficult to appreciate it is so important because we see many celebrations are cancelled after that marginal situation and that's why i believe it's an important step 
So we'll see how that one develops. Apparently, the PFA have said it will consider legal action if the EFL does not scrap its proposed limits on squad sizes. Under apparent new proposals, teams in the championship will be able to name a 25-man squad, while those in the in League One and 20 and League League One and Two will be sub, will be restricted to 20. I don't think that's fair. Apparently, the PFL PFA sorry wants teams at all three levels to be allowed to name 25-man squads. Um, the union said the suggestion has been rejected by the EFL in an open letter to the EFL and the players. The PFL's PFA sorry, said that limiting squad sizes in League 1 and 2 would increase the risk of injuries to players because the demands of a 46-match season. Again, come on now. that's You get it. They need a 25-man squad. And it said clubs relegated from the championship would be forced to honour multiple-year contracts to players who are no longer able to play due to reduced, size con reduced squad sizes. So make of that what you will. It's, it's not really nice, is it? So hopefully there's nothing in that, people. Hopefully there is nothing in that. Um, so yeah people we'll see what happens um, I'm probably going to do the podcast on Monday after the, 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 the weekend's football people purely because I'm taking a rare day off it's my birthday on Tuesday I'm not doing no watch-alongs for the you know I probably should but no watch-alongs in the Champions League no Arsenal content you know it's a rare day off and I never take a day off and people around me are, are kind of are forcing me to do this thing really so it is what it is in that regards folks on that note though, I'm going to get out of here it's always a pleasure People deluded, I'm out. Please make sure you're checking out the rest of my content. I'm going to start uploading, you know, a couple of the content I do on YouTube. I'm going to put it more in voice voice format on, on here, you know, because I know a lot of you like to listen on the go. Please make sure you're following on Spotify and the rest of it. Also, head, head over to YouTube. That's where the bulk and bread and the butter of the content. Like right now, it's still early in the morning. It's what, 7, 7.14 people. This will come out by around 9.30ish. And then shortly after that, 11.30, I'll be on YouTube. We'll preview the Arsenal-Sheffield United game. On that note, though, I'm going to get out of here. People, it's always a pleasure. Deluded, I'm out. Take care. <laughs>